Good evening and welcome to our Bible study and if you have your Bibles please turn with me to Revelation, Revelation chapter 6 and we're going to read from verse 9 through to 17. So Revelation 6 starting to read at verse 9. When he opened the fifth seal I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the number of the fellow, their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been, was completed. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth, as late figs drop from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll, rolling up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? Let's pray. Our Father, we just thank you so far the way you've led us through this book of Revelation, and we just pray that this evening you will help us to understand more of what you are saying to us through these words of John in the vision that he saw on the Isle of Patmos. And our Father, we come to you in our own weakness and lack of understanding as we lean upon you that you will guide us by your Holy Spirit. We ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, Revelation, we know that four seals have been opened and the agents of the enemy are harbingers of evil who bring suffering on the earth. We know that God is in control. We know that God allows his people to suffer. And we know that God's people are suffering. As we listen to John's words in the book of Revelation, for us to understand the whys and the wherefores, we need to listen to the words of the Old Testament prophets, the words of Jesus and the words of the New Testament writers. And I want us to start this evening by uh, taking some words from the Apostle Peter. This is from 1 Peter chapter 1, it's verse 3 to, to 9. Uh, yeah, 3 through to 9. As Peter here speaks to us, us who are part of God's church. And he says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, and through faith you are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You see, as Peter speaks to believers, he says, You are saved. You are saved by the work of the one who is the Lamb of God. 
and your place in heaven is not only secured, it is protected by God. Then Peter goes on. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. So Peter here is telling us that the Lord is in control, in control of these things. But while here on earth, we might be called to suffer. And Peter goes on. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. That phrase there, <clears throat> when Jesus Christ is revealed, Peter is telling us that he will return. He will return as the lamb who was slain, but also as the lion of the tribe of Judah, and this time it will be to bring judgment. Then Peter continues, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end results of your faith, the salvation of your souls. See Peter telling us that the fullness of our salvation will be when we are with the Lord in glory. So we come to this passage in Revelation this evening as those who have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. Our salvation is secured. We're going to look at things revealed to us about the return of Jesus and things of the last days. And we are those who are shielded by God's power until his coming. In other words, your salvation is secured, even if your life is taken from you. So we come to Revelation chapter 6 and the passage we read, and we're just going to look for a few moments, verse 9 through to 11, and in this passage you'll hear that it contains a response from heaven. The fifth seal is open, so verse 9. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony that they had maintained. So, in the four seals, we see that the faithful will, with the rest of the world, suffer. And some of the faithful would suffer and be killed. Some killed from the results of war, results of famine, Others would be slain for their faith. And we know from Revelation 2 verse 13 that in the church of Pergamon, one of the seven churches that we read about, Antipas, a faithful witness, was put to death in their city. So we have there a martyr. The altar that we read, read about here, the altar would be the altar of incense that represents the prayers of God's people. We need to go back to Exodus and just think about this for a few moments. Exodus chapter 30 and verse 17, we read, Aaron must burn fragrant incense on the altar every morning. You see, part of Aaron's role was 
He would burn incense on the altar of incense every morning and every evening, representing the prayers of God's people. And he's also told that no burnt offerings, no grain offerings or drink offerings were to be made on this altar. When we come down to Exodus 30, we read in verse 10, and this is what we read. Once a year, Aaron shall make atonement on its horns. This annual atonement must be made with the blood of the anointing sin offering. For the generations to come, it is most holy to the Lord. So, once a year, on the Day of Atonement, the blood from the sacrifice would be spread just on the horns of the altar of incense. And then the rest of the blood would be taken and it would be poured out at the base of the altar of burnt offerings. And again, you can read about this in Leviticus chapter 4. So here, John hears the prayers of those who have been martyred, who are in God's presence and who are under the altar, under God's protection. So we come to verse 10 of chapter 6, and we hear what they said. They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until the judge, and until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? You see, from this verse, we know that these souls are representative of those who have given their lives in faithfulness to the gospel. As this seal is opened, their cry of how long is telling us that this is still happening and that there will be others who will lose their lives for the sake of the gospel. And in their prayer, they're looking for the final judgment to be completed. We find many times in the Old Testament, and we need to look at the Old Testament in relation to what we read here in Revelation. And many times in the Old Testament, we have allusions to this longing for justice. This how long? Here is one from Psalm 79, a psalm that speaks about the time when Judah was taken into captivity. This was by the Babylonians who sacked Jerusalem, destroyed the temple that was built by Solomon. Psalm 79 verse 10 says this. Why should the nation say, where is your God? Before our eyes make known among the nations that you avenge the outpoured blood of your servants. You see, this is the Old Testament crying for judgment. Here, here, the, the souls that are under the altar of incense, they are crying for the final judgment to come. When we come to Romans 12, verse 19, this is what Paul said. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. These are all reminders that God is in control. So let's come to verse 11 of our chapter 6 this evening. Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters, were killed just as they had been. The little longer. This is not about our time. The little longer is in God's time. 
It's a reminder to us that we have from 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. John here sees the believers who have suffered and died, and they're now receiving their reward. They're safe in the presence of God. Their salvation is complete. They have been shielded by God's power. They may have lost their lives, but their salvation could not be taken from them. Let's go back to a couple of verses from Romans again. This time Romans chapter 8, verse 35 to 39. Listen to what Paul says. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. You know, we need to be reminded of these words as we go through the book of Revelation. This is the same message for us today that was given to the church in Paul's day. Now, before we read about the opening of the sixth seal, we need to remember that not all the events in Revelation are in chronological order. Just to help us understand this, I I just want to share a little example in a conversation that I might have with you. Listen to these words, and as I read them, think about what I'm actually saying in review to chronological order. Okay, I might say, I was in Wimbledon watching the tennis. I planned a trip with a travel agent. I saw Andy Murray. Okay, think about that. You see, I wasn't at Wimbledon before I booked the trip. I booked the trip before I went to Wimbledon. And I didn't see Andy Murray while uh, I was booking the trip. I saw him while I was at Wimbledon. So when I said that information that I gave you, and I said I was at Wimbledon watching the tennis, I planned the trip with the travel agent, I saw Andy Murray. So you see, where those events are not in chronological order, but they all happened. The next passage is a confirmation that this prayer of those souls will be answered, but it will not happen immediately after the four seals were opened. Revelation 6, verse 12 to 17. In this passage, we have the answer to the cry of how long. We're told that it will happen we're told something of how it will happen, but we're not told when it will happen. 
So let's just look at verse 12 through to 14. And here we read this. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. Okay, let's stop for a moment and just consider this. We're going to hear more about a great earthquake in Revelation 16 and verse 18. When the seventh angel pours out his bowl on the earth. We'll look at this in context when we come to chapter 16. But for this evening, I want us to refer to it just momentarily. You see, Revelation 16, at the end of verse 17, we read this. Out of the temple came a loud voice from the throne saying, It is done. And then the following verse, verse 18 of chapter 16. Then there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a severe earthquake. No earthquake like it has ever occurred since mankind has been on earth. So tremendous was the quake. So let's take those thoughts with us and keep them in mind as we carry on with chapter 6. And we go to the next part of verse 12 of chapter 6. Remember, we read in the first part, I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned red. Stop for a moment. Listen to what the Old Testament prophet Joel said about the day of the Lord. You can read this in Joel chapter 2, verse 30 and 31. This is what he said. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. That was from the prophet Joel in the Old Testament. As he spoke about the judgment of God, the judgment that God would bring in his day and the judgment that would come in the last days. So back to chapter 6, verse 13 and 14. And the stars of the sky fell to earth as figs dropped from a fig tree. When shaken by a strong wind, the heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. You know, we can go back to the Old Testament prophets because the words here that we're reading in Revelation chapter 6, this is what Isaiah saw about God's judgment on the nations the nations on God's judgment in his day, but also the ultimate judgment that God would bring in the last days leveled against the nations. So, a verse from Isaiah 34, verse 4. All the stars in the sky will be dissolved and the heavens rolled up like a scroll. All the starry host will fall like withered leaves from the vine, like shriveled figs from the fig tree. You see, this is the answer to the cry of how long. And the answer is just telling us a little bit about what will happen, but not when it will happen. When John saw these things, he would recall the words of the prophets who spoke of how the Lord would judge the people of their day and how his final judgment would be executed. In this these few verses of chapter 6, we've been hearing about what will happen to creation on that day. 
we come to Revelation 6, verse 15 through to 17, we're going to hear what will happen to the people on that day. Let me just read these verses to you as we think about them and we'll have a little look at them. Verse 15 through to 17 of chapter 6. And the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free, hid in caves and among the rocks of the, of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can withstand it? So this evening, there's some questions for us to think about as we look at those few verses. Who are these people? Well, it is the great day of their wrath that has come. Who are these people hiding from? They're hiding from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. None can look on his face from the richest to the poorest, from the most powerful to the weakest, none of these people can look at him. Can any of these people survive? The answer is no, because we're told that none of them can withstand it. Why can none of them survive? Because for them, the great day of their wrath has come. The inference here is that the day of suffering for God's people has ended. The faithful have been taken. And the final judgment is being directed against creation and those who have rejected Christ. Some things for us to think about there. As we continue in the book of Revelation. But let's just continue in chapter 6 and just recap here on a few things. Chapter 6, verse 9 to 11. The fifth seal is opened and a question is asked. Chapter 6, verse 12 through to 17. The question is answered. The final judgment will come. An indication of what the final judgment will be like is given. We're told that it won't happen yet, but when it does, it will happen quickly and there will be no escape from it. Before it happens, yes, the church will suffer. But will the church suffer the events of the final day of God's judgment? I want us to think about the words of Peter that we started with this evening. That was from 1 Peter chapter 1 and we read verse 3 to 9. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is already to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. 
And even though you have not seen him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And then Peter continues in this passage in verse 10 and 12. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, tried to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Well, as we close this evening, I hope these words of Peter are an encouragement to us and they remind us that the Lord is in control. Our salvation is secured in Christ. This is God's day of grace. The church will suffer, but the day will come when Jesus will return. Father, we just thank you again for this time you spent in this book of Revelation. And our Father, we just would ask your blessing upon us as we seek your will. And as we go through this book, we see something of who you are and of the glory of who you are. And our Father, we thank you for these things as we come to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.